Every Thursday, Andy Griffin sits down and hashes it out with the mayors of Southern Utah. What's going on in your town? Find out now. It's Mayor Thursday on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. Thank you. Yeah, we are live from Hash House Agogo. I'm Andy Griffin. Thank you for joining me today. I have Mayor Chris Hart from Ivan City with me. And Mayor, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Yeah, let's get your microphone right up there by your mouth so we can hear you good. Ten four, got it. Much better, much better. Uh, we haven't had you on for a couple of months, and I thought, man, we, we need to get Mayor Hart on here and talk about some of the exciting stuff happening uh, at Ivan City. Uh, do want to thank everybody. First of all, Hash House for hosting this. Uh, it was kind of weird. I was wanting to do something, a, a, a kind of a mayor show every Thursday, and to let people call in and talk to the mayors and things like that. Uh, but I, I, I hadn't figured out a venue. I was thinking, well, maybe I get some restaurants and jump around every week, but that would be really hard to coordinate everything. And then, uh, enter Tyler Hunsaker. He became a, he was a manager of Hash House of Gogo. He is the manager of Hash House of Gogo. And, and Tyler basically met with a couple of our people over at Cherry Creek and said, you know, I'd like to get involved somehow with, with you, with the community and with you guys. And, uh, so my boss came to me, and I, uh, it was kind of simultaneous. I came to him and said, I want to do this show, and he came to me and said, hey, we got this, this client who wants to do something. And anyway, uh, to make a long story short, here we are sitting at Hash House <laughs> Agogo. Great food. It's uh, farm food with a California twist is, is kind of their tagline. And if you have not eaten at Hash House Agogo, I highly encourage you to come down here, but come hungry because their their portion sizes are, are huge. So come on down here. Uh, we're right in front of Red Cliffs Mall on Red Cliffs Drive, which is also telegraphed that way and River Road that way. Uh, I still haven't figured that one out, why that road has three different names. Lots of history. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's let's talk with, with Mayor Hart now uh, about Ivan City. You said you had some uh, fun stuff coming up. Maybe if you want to just uh, start by telling us a little bit about what's happening in Ivan's. Uh, it's kind of an exciting time out there, actually. We've got... Mm-hmm. Um, We've got some really significant projects that are getting underway out there. One that's been uh, in the planning stages for quite a long time, Centier, that's located right next to uh, Tuacon. Centier? Centier. Yeah, they tell me it means it translates to a pathway to the earth. Wow. But Centier is a uh, a new international uh, luxury resort brand. Wow. Which I'm told is a very rare thing, and uh, the Ivan's location is one of three uh, in different parts of uh, the country that uh, are all uh, apparently going to be built uh, one right after the other, us being first. And uh, it's a very, very complex world that they live in, having talked to the developer a number of times. So a lot of our residents wonder why they don't see lots of buildings up there yet. Um, and it's uh, lots of reasons, actually, but uh, the, the biggest one being uh, getting this three-resort um, um, system put completely together so that they the funding can begin on on all three of those. Uh, the other one is uh, recently announced uh, Black Desert Resort. Black Desert Resort that okay. uh, occupies the 600 acres uh, just as you come into Ivan's there in the lavas. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful location. Much of the lava is going to be preserved with a, an 18 hole um, golf course built through there. Really, mm-hmm. and uh, and then. The the land that's not uh, so sensitive is uh, is the land upon which the hotels and other resort properties will be built. So um, that's a, an enormous um, 
that's an enormous volume of, of work that's going to be occurring in Ivan's, in addition to our <laughs> our regular growth, which is pretty substantial also. Yeah. So the, what was the name of that second one again? Black Black Desert. Black huh? Desert. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, uh, there's going to be housing development in there. Do you know how big that's going to be? Well, they, the components of it are uh, there's at least one hotel, I'm told, 150 rooms. Okay. Uh, and in in some earlier discussions, it sounded like there might be more than that. They have an internationally recognized uh, spa uh, developer that's coming in to do a, a major uh, a spa retreat. And then uh, there are – so in, in the resort world, uh, with the advent of, of – um, uh, nightly rentals, you know, that uh, that sure. are handled via via the internet on our phones. Yeah, VRBO and all right. that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it, it's kind of turned into if you can't lick them, join them. So mm. uh, all of the resort properties uh, are putting in this uh, component of uh, townhomes or uh, or individual residences that, that I mean, look look like residential development, but in fact are uh, all short short term rentals. Huh. So they've, they've got all of that going, and uh, then a, a real um, uh, concentrated family resort area there with pools and, and uh, other exciting things for kids to do. As mayor, when these big resorts talk about coming in, uh, what's the balance you're trying to strike there? Because obviously you want Ivan's to maintain what it is now. Uh, so what are the factors that you look at when someone comes to you and say, hey, we want to take this parcel of land and we want to make it you know, X. Well, a number of years ago, um, uh, a wise city council realized that if we were ever going to have any commercial development located as we are kind of on the fringe of the St. George metropolitan area, mm-hmm. it was not likely that we were going to see uh, much in the way of traditional uh, commercial development. And so uh, we focused our attention on on the beauty and serenity of our city and uh, in our master planning uh, and zoning, very smart. By set, the way. set aside yeah. a property that could be developed in in a resort manner, with the with the hope and intent that Ivan City might at one point in time become a destination resort, while maintaining our wonderful you know bedroom community mm-hmm. rural flavor. Uh, and so, if you look at the, at our land use plan and zoning map, you'll see that. All of this resort property is at the entrance to our city on the east. So um, the the traffic and uh, other associated uh, impacts are pretty localized. And uh, you know, folks coming to Tuacon and and to Red Mountain Resort and up to Snow Canyon are already using that corridor heavily. Right. And uh, this isn't going to dramatically uh, increase that, but but it doesn't translate into a lot of traffic and noise in our residential areas. Now, uh, uh, where where they come together, uh, there have been some real concerns and lots of discussion. And uh, a wise developer has spent time and and uh, held public uh, meetings. One recently uh, to talk about um, what, what what the development plans are uh, are looking like at this point, and listening to the residents about their concerns uh, with the intent of of trying to mitigate those impacts for those for those residents that are located in close proximity to this uh, this upcoming development. What's the process when when someone comes to you? Do you have to sell them? Have they are they already have have they already decided they want to do this and they're just they're just coming to you to 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 inform you and to get the approvals necessary 
or, or, or do, you, do you have to turn into a salesman at time? And I, and I guess the reason I ask that is Ivan's is a long way from the airport. It is. It's it's quite a drive to get from Ivan's to the St. George Regional Airport, and obviously Vegas is even further in Salt Lake. Um, is there some sales involved for you when you're talking to these resort people? Well, um, I mean, to a point, uh, our city has, uh, has developed a culture over the years of being very um, public service oriented. We recognize that, uh, you know, we're elected and, uh, and that our, our checks – elected or hired, you know, uh, to represent our, our city residents. So uh, we take very seriously the charge that, uh, that we're public servants. And so when someone comes to us with, with uh, an idea they want to explore, um, we'll, we'll consider that as a city council and planning commission uh, very carefully in, in light of the impacts that it's going, going to have. Um, it seems like uh, you can't satisfy Everybody, no, you, ne- you never can. But but to the extent that we can uh, honestly listen to uh, to the concerns that are voiced and mm-hmm. address those in uh, in the development agreements and um, uh, other mechanisms that we have, you know, to control what's done. But basically, you set the cities don't develop themselves, as you know. All cities do is set the stage for development right. uh, via their ordinances and their and, uh, and that's something Mayor Pike Mayor Pike reminds us all the time. He said, I don't own this land. Your city doesn't own this land. <laughs> exactly, it's privately owned land, and I, and I can't to to a certain extent I can't tell them what to do with something they own. Well, there's a delicate balance between uh, the the property rights of of individual property owners and uh, and developers that represent them, and uh, the the needs and concerns of, of the city, uh, and so there's a there's a heavy body of law, you know, state statute that governs um, how far those things can go. And, uh, you know, to the extent that, that uh, we can achieve that balance, we find that, uh, that uh, problems are resolved in advance and so we don't manufacture them for the future uh, as, yeah. as best we can. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's, I think it's kind of important to, to remember that each of us that lives in a home or development um, are the beneficiaries of someone coming into the city where we live and investing in many cases millions or even tens or, uh, or in this case, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. in our city in the hope of, uh, of achieving some success with, with that investment. Uh, and so um, I, think that, I think it's right that we be sensitive to that and, uh, and try to be cooperative and helpful to the extent we can without doing damage uh, to the city along the way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my previous residence, I lived at, not not currently, but I used to live in Washington City. Uh, we bought a house. We were, it was the first house in a development. And, and without <laughs> without that development, you know, and, of course, they built up around us. It ended up a 90-home development that we uh-huh. lived in. Uh, but we were grateful to have a home to go to. Uh, at the time, we, were, we needed a house quick. In fact, we, had, we bought the model home. That's what we did. Uh, but you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. Someone had vision. Someone actually took a risk and built absolutely built these houses, bought the property, built some houses, you know, and developed to put all the things that you need to, you know, power and water and everything. And, and so, yeah, you make, you make a good point there in that uh, you know, unless you live in a house, or even if you live in a house that's been here 50 or 60 years, someone at some point took a risk in building that building that home. So, I mean, developers are, are accused of uh, of being you know, greedy profiteers and so forth, um, and and sure, I mean, no one's going to going to go through that that kind of those kinds of headaches 
and uh, expend the kinds of resources that have to be that have to be borrowed and expended to to accomplish that yeah. without there being you know at least some hope that uh, that there's going to be some monetary success at the end of the day. All right, then let's uh, let's go to the phone line. Seth is hanging on on hold. Seth, how are you this morning? We're with Mayor Hart from Ivan City. I remember meeting Mayor Hart, quite a uh, stellar individual. Yes, I think so, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just wonder if he's using that silly uh, mason jar handle. <laughs> Thank you for uh, for giving me that. It, it sits on a shelf in in, uh, in my home as a curiosity. It's uh, something no one's ever seen, and I don't have many many things like that, so uh, I'm honored to, to have it. I drink on mine, Mayor. It's <laughs> I know that's what it's for. <laughs> I drink on mine, too. But uh, if the mayor, is, with his business acumen, has any suggestions about marketing, I would really be interested in that because uh, so far I've spent a fortune on patents, uh, like $13,000 to make the first uh, prototypes and the like. And then, of course, I do believe uh, some of my Asian friends have borrowed my idea. Oh, you. and so I wonder, you know, if, if there's any way to recover that. But uh, I'd like to make a comment first very quickly, and then I'd like to ask Amir a couple of questions, if I might. Number one, I, I am sick to death of this impeachment thing that's going on, and uh, I, I just, I just want to make it clear that when presidents uh, uh, and the State Department give people money, they expect to get something for their money. And somebody, you know, in Latin might say quid pro quo, but we just don't hand out money to, to Andy. Hey, Andy needs some money. Why don't we just give it to him? No, they, would expect, they would expect Andy to do something for the money. Very true. Okay, and, and this whole thing, and their star witnesses yesterday, uh, they just savaged them. And uh, for the first time, anybody got a chance to talk back without Schiff stepping in and intervening. So uh, I've turned it off, and I think the president turned it off, and I think the whole country should turn it off. And I don't know why you need six or ten or twenty more witnesses uh, if these two were the star witnesses. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and, uh, and might, I, might I add, Seth, that it makes me angry that our supposed lawmakers are wasting time on this when it's, you know, it's basically hearsay, when they should be doing their job. And this isn't their job. Their job is to make laws and help govern this country. That is frustrating. But they haven't come to me uh, to ask my opinion yet, so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm no healthy on this one. Well, very good. Uh, I'd like – I've been around St. George like forever, and I remember when they put golf courses up all over town – and they all went bankrupt except for the country club in, in downtown St. George. And it costs a fortune uh, in membership fees and all on and on to maintain it with the water. This is really a desert. And putting green grass all over the desert and palm trees is sounds like a money losing. And the city ended up buying them and now operates them. I'm wondering if new golf courses are going to have the same infrastructure, the same kind of problems, and uh, how can golf courses 
succeed in Ivan? Uh, well, interesting uh, body of law surrounding uh, water and water rights. In this case, um, Ivan City would not be capable of providing uh, the, the water for a golf course on its own, but the, the water rights that were attached to this property uh, are sufficient for them, for them to do this. Uh, as I understand it, and I'm not seeing any finished plans or so forth, but uh, they're looking at at uh, fairways that that are um, that are placed within the lava flows. So I think we're talking about pretty narrow fairways, maybe even some more links type uh, looking areas where where there's uh, where you have to jump across from one grass area to another grass area to minimize that. Uh, and I, I know there's a great deal of sensitivity on the part of the the developer as to maintaining the uh, the scenic beauty of those lava beds. So I don't think you're going to see uh, great big grassy fairways with uh, uh, with um, with grass on you know off to the sides. What Overabundance, I, yeah, the rough, the yeah. rough, the rough um, occurring out there. And anybody anybody that's played the Entrada course on the back nine. Uh, has been out there in in the lavas and knows what it's like to uh, hit a ball slightly off. You're, you're not getting it back, <laughs> no, baby. That <laughs> that that thing's uh, you know flies a hundred feet in the air and then disappears forever. Yeah. So, well, anyway, yeah, it, I, yeah, you know, if I know my history correctly, Scotland, England, uh, uh, Ireland, and Wales is is where that silly game uh, came from. And uh, I just want to let people know yeah, we don't live in England or Scotland. Silly game. Yes, <laughs> and so hey, it, it just yeah, it just bothers me that that we want to you know defy God and and create golf courses in the middle of the desert. And and can you tell me, uh, Mr. Mayor, does that water come out of the ground or is that surface water? No, uh, there aren't uh, springs out in the middle of all this. Uh, once again, this is just water rights that are held, so there is an entitlement on, on the, the part of the landowner and developer uh, for uh, water commensurate with that. However, they acquire it. Uh, it could be through the Water uh, Conservancy District, more than likely. Uh, Ivan's is in the process of putting in a secondary uh, water system that will um, most likely be involved, at least ultimately, in uh, the irrigation for for that future course, but once again, uh, you talk about uh, you know, how can they do it? it this is a, a risk that uh, is taken, and I'm sure a, a calculated one at that. Uh, and um, there's there's nothing legally to prevent them from from doing that. There will be some some objection to it, no question. Okay, thanks thanks for the call, Seth. We've got a caller on line two. Thank you. You're on with Annie with Mayor Hart. Yeah, are you there? Hello? Hmm, maybe line two's not coming through. So uh, let's let's do this. Let's step aside for some weather and uh, a commercial break. We'll be back with more. We're at Hash House or Gogo with Mayor Chris Hart. I'm Andy Griffin. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Live from the Hash House of Gogo, here's Andy Griffin. Welcome back. Andy Griffin with you live at Hash House Agogo, Indiana Farm Food with a California twist. Good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of made it a point when I when I started uh, doing this show here. Uh, they, they provide me a meal, uh, and I've tried to have something different on the menu every single time. Now, 
with a little caveat in that their dinner menu is not open in the morning. So you can only order dinner stuff after 5 o'clock. So I've had everything on the breakfast menu, Mayor. <laughs> I've had everything on the breakfast menu and I think almost everything on the lunch menu because they do start serving lunch this time of morning. But uh, I have only had like one or two things on their dinner menu because I'm not here at dinner time. So I might have to schedule a time to come in and start trying their din- dinner menu. Uh, not that I'm sick of their food. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to do something different every time. I'm going to have to start repeating, I guess, some of the some of the uh, breakfast stuff. Well, that's not bad if it's good enough. Oh, it is good food. And, and you know, I honestly, the, the hammered pork tenderloin uh, uh, Benedict is incredible. That's my favorite thing so far in here, although their meatloaf is as good as any meatloaf I've had anywhere, and that includes mom. Sorry, Mom, but their meatloaf is really, really good here. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to come down here, come and say hi to us. So we love we love to see you, uh, or just come down at, at your leisure and enjoy a little time at Hash House or Go Go. We're talking with Mayor Hart. Uh, Mayor, we're going to get you some food here in a few minutes as well. Oh, uh, we don't usually do it while we're on the air because you can't eat and talk <laughs> at the same time. But uh, as soon as we're off the air, we'll get you some food. Um, but uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you about uh, was. Uh, may, maybe a sore topic, maybe not, uh, but the, the uh, temple, the new temple was announced. Uh, I think there were quite a few people that were hoping it would be somewhere on the west side, you know, West St. George or Santa Clara or Ivan's. Uh, it ended up being basically out in Washington Field. It's St. George City uh, limits, but out there in the fields out uh, past the, uh, kind of out by the new lens out there and, and, and past the Smiths. And, uh, I know Mayor uh, Pike, was, he, he didn't go on record as pumping his fists or anything, but he was happy that it was in St. George city limits. Was there some disappointment, some, some, some sadness, some anger, whatever, that it, <laughs> it didn't end up somewhere closer to you guys? In I don't think so, not, not generally anyway. I've had a lot of folks ask me uh, if we were um, in, in the discussion Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? All they'd have to do is read our our night sky uh, lighting ordinance. Oh yeah, the end of that. <laughs> that's right. You can't light up a temple with your guys' ordinance. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, as a developer, you're, you're a developer along with mayor. You're you're a developer. What kind of impact does something like a like an LDS temple have on the surrounding land, homes, et cetera, traffic? Uh, when, when something like that happens, because we're probably maybe two to two to four years away from that temple being completed. You know, I've never I've never developed or built near one, so I really okay. don't have any kind of authoritative answer for you. They're they're beautiful structures. There's certainly um, you know traffic and parking associated with it. That would probably be um, the one of the things that would be voiced as a concern. But um, you know, we have we have uh, church buildings built within the city they're they're allowed pretty much in any any zone so um uh, a, a church can come in and locate uh, in residential neighborhoods and so forth and you know they're lit up they have parking lots and so forth and and uh but generally speaking you know they're uh, they they fit well within neighborhoods like schools mm-hmm. you know it's expected within a community that you have that you have these things in place in convenient locations so that folks can uh, can easily get to them, you know, walking, whatever. Yeah. And uh, and we don't object. We don't object to see those those things. In fact, I think there's signs of a healthy community. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, property values are going to go up when there's a temple close, right? Uh, could seems like it. <laughs> seems like my brother uh, actually built near the Jordan River Temple. Oh. 
Uh, we're talking, you know, we're talking about 25 years ago, 30 years ago when the temple was brand new. Uh, and uh, I would say even today his house is worth more because they're within a block and a half of the of the Jordan River Temple. Wouldn't be surprising so, to me. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, let's go to line one. Caller, you're on with Andy and with Mayor Hart from Ivan City. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for taking my call. I just Thanks have a call. What's on call. your mind? Yes. Go, Can go you ahead. hear me? Yes. Okay. I just have a quick observation. I think the problem that developers and development runs into is when they is not the vision that the planning commission or whoever uh, approves the developments sees what will happen in the future. For instance, I think all cities have in their ordinances that developments should blend in with the neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. And that, by the same token, holds true with traffic. People need to have the vision that if you've got an intersection, what it will look at look like after 20 years, where if there's a stop sign on it, you don't have to stop and then pull out into the intersection because there's problems with vision going both directions. So I think yeah. there could be more implemented in the way of visionaries than uh, we have presently in all cities in Washington County. It's a good comment. Um, <clears throat> uh, Ivan City and uh, all cities uh, in the county and really across the state um, require certain uh, professional studies to be done regarding uh, things like traffic that are going to have an, an impact on the community. So uh, th there are uh, firms, engineering firms primarily, that specialize in, in doing these traffic studies, which uh, include projections well into the future as to the, the impact of the, of the particular type of, of commercial development that, that is being proposed. So uh, we have one, for example, uh, that's uh, occurring with some objection uh, um, called Canyon Crossing, uh, that you would uh, recognize the location readily if you've been to Ivan's at all. As you come into the city, uh, it's, it's at the intersection of uh, Snow Canyon Parkway and Snow Canyon Drive, so where you turn up off, off the, uh, the main street coming mm -hmm. into our city yeah. uh, up to Snow Canyon. And uh, there's a corner there that's been uh, that's been zoned um, res or, uh, resort commercial for a long period of time, and in the table of uses, there are certain things allowed in that zone, and uh, this this development uh, conforms to all of that. So um, th they're required to to get a conditional use permit uh, that allows the city to set conditions on that development that uh, that mitigate the, the concerns that the city has and the, that the nearby residents have as well. And one of the primary uh, objections to this particular development is the, the uh, ingress and egress um, to these businesses uh, off the parkway or off Snow Canyon Drive. Right. So uh, the Planning Commission wisely required a, a detailed uh, traffic study to be completed before any further action would be taken on that project. So uh, what we likely are going to see when when uh, that, re that report is returned uh, to us is that there is going to be a proposed um, uh, a proposed way to get into the project uh, and, and a proposed way to get out 
and and uh, it's going to be up to the developer to see to it that the that the design of the the parking and access and so forth uh, accommodates that that um, that study. You know, you're you're a developer uh, along with being a mayor. Have you ever? Uh, and these people get paid a lot of money to see into the future, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever had a situation where you? put together a development and something really unexpected happened was was totally out of the of what your engineers or your, or your your prognosticators had had thought would happen well nobody knows the future perfectly as right. you know andy so um these these studies are based on on criteria that's that's been well developed over the years that there are certain benchmarks that they have to reach in in the study mm-hmm. or, or or identifiers if you will um, and in other words, they can't just um, uh, go to bed at night and wake up having had a dream and say, "Okay, here's what, here's what it's going to be." Some people do that. <laughs> uh, they have to go through numerous calculations and so forth uh, to make those projections. And I think it's safe to say that it never turns out exactly sure. uh, like sure. like it's forecast. Um, and so there end up being problems that that occur, you know, through the years. For example. Uh, in the early development years of Ivans that I put, you know, in the uh, in the 80s and early 90s, uh, and then it really kicked into gear in in the, the later 90s. Yeah. But but you go back you go back a you know three decades to the time when we started seeing some some uh, development come into the city on larger scale, and uh, uh, for example, a beautiful project that a lot of my friends uh, live in. Um, it's called Pad- Padre Canyon Estates. Was done with with a, a rural road kind of cross section, no sidewalk, no curb and gutter, sure. uh, and and it has a very rural feel to it. As you drive through it, you know you, you feel like you're kind of out in the country. Uh, well, that's great, and um, and the folks have enjoyed that, but 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 you reach a point in time where sometimes stormwater issues, um, uh, the, the, you you see some or hear some. Some, uh, regrets voiced that we don't have curb and gutter out there mm-hmm. and kids walking to school you know now they're forced out kind of onto the street to to walk uh, and as long as there's uh, you know such uh, limited traffic kind of no problem but as the city grows so does traffic and so um, that becomes a concern over the years and we're looking at that precise thing actually right now in that area awesome all right i think we have another caller on the line to caller you're on with andy with mayor hart yes good morning morning i um, am a resident of ivan's and, and i've never heard more hypocrisy in my life it's you've got development that's completely unbridled and and uh, basically it's so out of balance that the the whole reason why people come to snow canyon to tuacon to red mountain resort and you're just tipping that balance, and we're becoming another, you know, Phoenix or Vegas or whatever. It's ridiculous. You go down the street to Rocky Vista University, they have 30-some-odd acres of land, and 20-plus of it is covered in tumbleweeds now. You've got Centier, which has come to a, a looks appears to have come to a grinding halt up there, grading, and uh, it, it's the biggest mess I've ever seen. Well, sorry, that's the way uh, you perceive it, Um like I say, cities don't develop themselves. Um, we we simply go through approval processes based on uh, on a, um, a general plan that defines what what the vision for the city is. And in our case, uh, that vision was put together by residents from all over the city who came together um, for an extended period of time, defining what the characteristics of the city were that that um, 
we felt needed to be preserved. Uh, I happened to be one of those that was involved in that back in uh, uh, 2005, I want to say. Uh, but we go through uh, we go through periodic reviews of the general plan, uh, and that is open to public hearing. So that that vision alters as time goes on. Um, we're due for that to occur again here pretty soon, actually. But it was done it was done not very many years ago. Uh, I want to say about six, uh, and there were some significant changes uh, uh, made and, and uh, updates kind of to the vision based on you know what had happened in the interim. Uh, so. Um, we do the best we can to try and uh, make sure that as development occurs, uh, it occurs in such a way that, that uh, uh, the city is not harmed by that. And your perception, obviously, is that uh, we've, we've not done a good job with that. And there, I'm sure there are others who would agree with you on that. Uh, I think any city like Ivan's uh, that has a lot of, of uh, private property uh, undeveloped, um, is, is going to face the kind of criticism that you're that you're lodging here, uh, and that is that um, you moved in into Ivan's because of the serenity, the peace and quiet, uh, the country flavor of it, and so forth. Uh, and somebody, uh, likely a, a farmer, uh, but certainly a property owner, sold the land uh, upon which your house is built to a developer for, uh, and a, a development was created. So uh, those who currently own land also have that same right, and uh, all the city can do is, is its best to ensure that as that land is sold off for development, that it occurs in, in an orderly way and, and uh, consistent with the vision of the general plan and the ordinances that are created uh, around that, uh, also consistent with the, with the zoning, which is always uh, an issue when something occurs next door. Uh, folks uh, are justifiably you know concerned about what's going to be in their backyard and, yeah. and it really it really brings out the the emotions as you go through public hearings and so forth i don't know if the caller is still with us um we do need to get another commercial break and uh, i do want to thank joe shoney he's a local loan consultant focusing on customer service been serving southern utah for more than 25 years averages 4.91 stars and out of five on socialsurvey.me. Check them out online. Read some of those reviews. You can email Joe Shoney, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. His phone number is 435-586-0063. We'll be right back. Live from the Hash House of Go-Go, here's Andy Griffin. Welcome back. I'm with uh, Mayor Hart from Ivan City. Ivan's a delightful place, and of course, uh, one of the crown jewels of St. George is Tuacan, uh, which is right there in your in your town. Uh, and and you know, I do want to compliment you uh, with the way uh, traffic has shifted over the last few years in Tuacan. It used to be kind of a mess coming out of there, Mayor, and, and it's not so much anymore. There we go. Uh, back uh, a few years, uh, I'd been into my first term as, as mayor. Uh, just a couple of years, uh, and we we experienced the the downturn, Andy, that uh, that just brought everything to a grinding halt. Oh, seven, oh, eight, yeah. But during that period of time, um, the the bids that were that were being awarded for road work and so forth were really really good, mm-hmm. and so we took advantage of that and uh, developed the the. Uh, paved roads and curb and gutter and sidewalk in our township area really you know spruced up the city yeah but one of the projects we took on was to create the roundabout there yeah right at that intersection where you turn to go up to tuacon 
and uh, we we had a, a a firm that specializes in in roundabout design create that whole intersection, including you know the the extended portion of that where you make the turn off off to Tuacon, mm-hmm. and so now as you exit Tuacon and come down, you have a you have a dedicated lane right. that takes you straight into that roundabout, and theoretically there would be no no need to stop other than someone being in the roundabout yeah, yield, already. Yeah. You have to yield there. But I, I swear that knocked 20 minutes off the, the exit from Tuacon just with that with that one project. Um, there are other things that we've looked at um, in, an, in the hope that there might be some other things that we can do. Um, pretty limited. We've got we've got a narrow uh, a narrow roadway yeah. up to Tuacon because it's sandwiched you know, or it's it's nestled right in the in the reserve. And, yeah. So you know, we can't just go uh, expand a right of way and put a four laner up there. <laughs> it's no, not we not. You could be in big trouble if you did that. But it certainly <laughs> is better. Yeah, Tuacon <clears throat> is uh, is just uh, an icon of Ivan's, as you know, and uh, they've got some exciting things going on. I don't know if you've been up there recently, Andy, but uh, they're they're in the the middle of a big uh, actor housing project. That's yeah. kind of on the the south end, kind of mm-hmm. nestled into into the hillside there. Um, Tuacon spends an enormous amount of money every year to house the equity actors that come here for six or seven months. Yeah, these are pros. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pros, and that's part of the contract. So they're they're um, constantly looking for you know rental properties where they can put these folks, and that that of course turns into a transportation problem as well because right. generally those, those folks come and expecting to be able to ride public transportation, which fortunately we have out there, and, and uh, the bus does go up to Tuacon. But um, they they crunched the numbers and determined, uh, and and uh, Zion's Bank agreed with them, that uh, that the money the, the money that they spend each year on actor housing could certainly go into their own building. Yeah. And over time, that would pay off the building, and of course, would would uh, net net result, you know, twenty five years from now, um, uh, a big savings. To, yeah, they're to, paid off. They don't have any more payments, had, and yeah. Uh, and in addition, it puts the it puts the actors right there on the property. So these late night rehearsals, you know, sometimes I know because I see the lights. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you know, three in the morning, they're up there getting ready for for a show to start. Uh, and it's just a quick walk across the parking lot, you know, to get to get there. And there are the, the remaining five or six months of the year where the actors are not there, and so this this is going to be a resort property. So oh, nice. you, you can you know short term rent uh, those uh, one of those apartments and be very very close to two apartments, as close as it gets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and they've got a, a new project that was just announced. Um, it's it's always been an issue for for some folks at least, to get to Tuacon, I have to walk up that, that uh, long set of stairs. Yeah, quite a few stairs. To yeah. get to the to the ticket office. So they're in the process now of getting ready to break ground on a new a ticket office that's right down on, on the, the parking lot level. So you and I would walk up to uh, one of the windows right there off the existing sidewalk, buy a ticket, and if, for example, I had... Uh, I was uh, wheelchair bound or or had a problem uh, climbing the stairs. There's going to be an elevator associated with that, so mm-hmm. you can jump right in the elevator. Takes you up to the plaza level uh, and uh, gets rid of that that nuisance for you. Is it? Will there be a way to get through? Say my ticket was on the second row. Will there be a way to get through so I don't have to go up and then down again? <laughs> 
Well, there are steps in the amphitheater. I don't know how okay. you get away from that. All right. uh, get, find some nice guy to, maybe, to, maybe to carry you down. I was thinking you maybe a tunnel or something. But, uh, <laughs> don't see that happening. No, okay. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. So, Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Hart. How are you today? Yeah, hi. Hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, thanks, Andy. Okay, go uh, ahead. Mayor Hart, uh, I live in Ivan's, and when we moved in, we checked with the city, and the property behind us was all for large lots. Now they want to come in and they want to make tiny lots. And it seems like the planning commission and the city council bends over backwards to change everything, and it just destroys lifestyle that we have out, out here. And I don't understand why you cannot maintain what you originally planned, if it was good enough then, it should be good enough now, instead of just turning everything into a resort out here. I mean, it's just overbearing. It's just killing us. You make a, you make a really good point. Uh, planning has got to be based on, on vision, and uh, I think sometimes the, the uh, overall vision um, gets uh, gets lost in the shuffle just a little bit. Uh, I'm certainly not critical of our planning commission or our city council because I think they look at these things uh, very carefully and try try to make uh, a good decision about things. But one of the one of the problems we suffer, uh, caller, is that um, Ivan City had, uh, you know, when I moved there 22 years ago, uh, it was only about a quarter developed. Now we're about uh, about half developed. Uh, we'll double our population in the next uh, 30 years, I'm, I'm, I imagine. And there was so much land that was that was left um, unzoned that has kind of remained unzoned. It had this uh, rural um, this rural zone to it, the you know one to five acre lots and so forth. And uh, that probably wasn't a sustainable thing. Uh, development. Uh, of that type is is regularly occurring out there in Kayenta, uh, larger lots, but not everyone can afford uh, that kind of uh, that kind of uh, property with the values as they are, and so um, the, the council has to has to weigh uh, how how far do we do we intrude into that area that had that currently uh, just appears to be farmland uh, with with more traditional types of, of development. Uh, is there a line of demarcation that needs to be created uh, to separate the, the rural part of the city, if you will, the Kayenta type of development uh, from, from more traditional types of development within the city? Um, uh, maybe that's what should happen. And uh, the Planning Commission will be, will be taking on the, the task of completing the zoning uh, here, here right away. But that's a, it's a very, very difficult, challenging thing. Uh, let me jump in.